All right, welcome back to the Splitting Hairs podcast. Uh, Matt and Kyle here to break down the Jacks versus Long Island University matchup that we all witnessed last night at Dana J. Dykehouse Stadium in the rain. Kyle, where you were at, were you dry? Oh, I was dry and toasty, kind of like, you know, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the offensive players, um, I'm sure, are over the years when they're uh, – they're sitting on the bench with the hand warmers on over there, getting ready to get their reps. But it was uh, it was cool to watch it live from uh, from home. Good, and um, ESPN three, I'm imagining. Yep, ESPN three, ESPN plus, I guess now since they converted oh, yeah. it all, all over to that. But um, great telecast. Got to hear Hank and uh, the Midco Sports Network do a great job covering the team. Um, so it was fun. It, and I, it's always fun to wake up in the morning on a Sunday w- with a Jacks W. So absolutely, absolutely. Uh, there's the absolutely. No more of that. This we episode. got out of the way, right? Yeah, getting out of that, getting out of the way. Uh, it, but that brings up a great point. The Midco team. Uh, when I do the rewatches, like what a pleasure to watch that crew work. Uh, I'm guessing they don't listen to the podcast, but I really do appreciate just how professional they are. You know. You can tell that they that they they do like SDSU, but they're not homers either. They are fairly objective in their calls. Uh, you know, the sideline reporter uh, does a great job. So I just really enjoy that we have Midco when there's other teams in the valley that that you know have a very amateurish feel to their broadcast. Yeah, the production value is really well done first and foremost. And kudos to Hank because I don't know that I could be as reserved or tempered if I was. Uh, announcing and cover, doing some color commentary on my home squad. So shout out to, to him for that and that whole team over there. Yeah, good. So uh, let's dive into the game. And, you know, the Jacks won 38-3. to three. So like you said, anytime you get a W out of it, uh, it's a good thing. Uh, the day was, was carried by the defense, though. And you said you have some specific thoughts on the defense you'd like to uh, get into right away. Absolutely. I mean, when you're <laughs> there's my absolutely I'm getting out of the way. Um, when, when you're talking about our defense this year, I think they're really going to lead from the front. There's a lot of guys out there with lofty personal expe- expectations. Got the new coordinator situation that we've talked about. I think we've done a really good job of really staying true to character. I mean, I've heard Stig say it. we're not doing a, a lot that's completely different. But what we are doing is really keeping our foot on the gas and putting the pressure on and applying it early and often. And I think when you play a team that's, you know, traveling a long way, like LIU did, who's making the transition up to D one, you stomp on them and you stomp on them early. You saw that with the front seven, just getting after them. I I don't really think, I think they had 61 or 62 yards per half, which was phenomenal. Um, Watching the play back, um, of a lot of the D line across the board. I mean, you could give effort awards and just um, pressure and pursuit awards to every single man across the front. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Quentin Hicks because he was a triple threat on his play where we had the scheme going when we were running a nice little stunt and he was looping over the top inside. Um, they clearly did not know how to handle that. They were in over their heads as an offensive line. 
not only did he pursue and get the strip, well, he also recovered the fumble. So that was, that was great. Rose boom, doing a great job, obviously man in the defense, getting everybody where they need to be setting the tone. Seven Wilson obviously is, is done a, a really good job using his athleticism and just being a consistent tackler really could just, you know, give a nod to everybody the whole way around, especially when you got an offense, which we'll touch on, um, is kind of in rhythm, but maybe not uh, jiving on all cylinders like we need to be. So just really, really solid effort, top to bottom, um, by our defense. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Quentin Hicks right away because uh, I was on the sideline for those first few possessions. Uh, shout out to Ben there. Uh, but I was on the sidelines and I was I was watching Quentin. He was jumping around, uh, getting warmed up. Like I could tell, like he was gonna be gonna be going in or expecting to go in early. Um, just, just how he was carrying himself on the sidelines. And sure enough, that first third down, he runs out there. I get my phone out. I start the tweet, uh, Quentin Hicks, Hicks making his initial appearance. And then, you know, I, again, I don't have the view. I think he got the sack, like a half sack with Ryan Arith there. I'm not sure how they tallied it down statistically. Uh, but he was right there. He came running off the field. I was by all the rest of the red shirts. They were hopping around. They were so happy for their buddy to get that first sack. Uh, that first big initial contribution for a freshman. Uh, so that was really cool to see, you know, some other freshman defenders that I thought uh, really stood out diamond Evans. We've heard, we've heard yes. all about diamond Evans yes. and he does not look like a freshman, man. Holy smokes. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Just the, 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 the physique, the build, the confidence he was playing with. The confidence. Uh, exactly. You know, the, there was that one uh, curl that got, that was right in front of him and he almost knocked it down and he was so frustrated with himself that he wasn't just a little bit quicker. Uh, and coach Jackson was just like, diamond, you're all right. You're all right, man. Uh, but that was, that was really cool just to see those two Peyton Schaefer a little later in the game was just flying all over. Um, is he the next great Jack's linebacker? Who, who knows? Uh, but man, that was good to see. Yeah, it was a really just valiant effort top to bottom. When you talk about Hicks, you know, he reminds me of a lot uh, a lot of a player that I played with, Danny Batten, in terms of his bursts off the line. Kind of a similar build when Batten was uh, an underclassman. Kind of, I think Batten was like somewhere between 225 and 230 as a freshman. So really was able to just use his speed and quickness in there. But the motor, the motor on that is something that you shouldn't have to teach. Yeah. Um, a redshirt freshman uh, exemplifying that early is great to see. Caleb Sanders was phenomenal along with uh, Xavier down there on the, on the interior of the line, just asserting their influence, really just suffocating the, the run game, making them one dimensional. Um, but, you know, LIU, I thought they were going to have to do some things to either try to control time of possession or field position. Uh, a lot of people were, kind of rolling their eyes or scoffing at the punt on third and 13. But what that did, obviously it gave us no chance to put a man back. Um, it allowed them to flip the field and really give them their only opportunity the whole night um, to try to, to get something going in their favor. So, you know, that's a creative, it's a creative move. Um, I, I'd be surprised if we see that again all year, but with our defense rolling like that, um, it was it was really awesome to see them make the team one dimensional. Yeah, the, uh, the right away on that drop punt, you know, everyone was like, "What the heck?" Uh, and then you know, the football savvy ones were like, "That was actually really a genius move." So uh, pretty cool to see that. That's something you don't see every season. 
so something different. Um, you know, the starting defense, uh, I just want to talk just a little bit about some of those other guys. Uh, and really, Jack Abbott Nation, we need to make sure that we realize how lucky we are to be watching Christian Roseboom right now. Absolutely. Uh, that interception was something pretty special. Uh, and I know, I know, again, they're not playing against the best world beaters or whatever, anything like that. But, uh, but that was a heater, and uh, he went up and got it. And what a catch for a, for a linebacker. Uh, you know, I tweeted it off to uh, Jim Nagy, uh, the, yeah, Jim Nagy, I think, the senior bowl director. Uh, just so that, that he could see Roseboom's athleticism and, and coverage ability right there. So that was pretty, pretty neat. Uh, thoughts, uh, Logan Backus again, just everywhere. He's so intelligent. He just puts himself consistent. consistent. Yeah. Just puts himself in great positions, you know, to make plays. So that's cool. I thought Spencer Hildall had a nice game on the interior. Xavier Ward, you mentioned him. Uh, Caleb Sanders, like, <laughs> what a pain in the butt for, you know, interior offensive lines. Every It just seems like he lives in the backfield. I know. And another nod to, to, like, the whole strength and conditioning staff and what they're doing there and getting guys ready to play. The interior D-line at State looks vastly different than what I've seen it look like. Yeah. And, and that's uh, kudos to recruiting, getting a different caliber athlete, fundraising, just all the different iterations that, that it takes to get get the right type of talent in to South Dakota state. And, you know, we had just looking at the stat sheet here, we had eight total tackles for losses, two sacks, an interception, a sack fumble and the recovery. Um, they only had 120 some yards, which was uh, a record since 2009 was the last time we held someone to, to that type of a range. Wow. And that, that was uh, against Indiana State, who had a little blunder of their own this past week, which I'm sure Ben and Brennan will get into. <laughs> but, you know, it was, again, very, very proud of, of the work and the effort and the scheming and, and all the preparation that our coordinators, both those, Coach Berg, uh, Bergstrom and Coach, uh, Coach Rogers, it takes a lot of work to prep, and especially as a squad that you pro- you haven't seen a lot of uh, film on at the FCS level, none. So just great job there. Um, and then now's probably a good time to segue into a uh, little special teams. What do you think uh, Mr. Yonke is performing? Yeah, so, so he did that against Illinois State last year. He had two punt returns for 30-some yards against Illinois State. And I feel like he did one of those things where he caught it in traffic and kind of weaved his way uh, through for a pretty decent return. Uh, so, so at the start of the year, I was really anticipating him being a weapon at, at putt return, small sample size. He only had two returns against Illinois state, but they were both awesome. So last night I felt a little bit vindicated for having that optimism for him. Yeah, definitely. And when you see a guy take a take a chance on that when it hits the ground uh, it kind of freezes the coverage team to an extent and can create some seams Mm -hmm. which I think is exactly what you saw happen I was uh, impressed at his ability to kind of run through tackles after contact I mean his frame he's 6'3 210 that's a pretty large punt returner Um, so he's got good athleticism good good quicks Uh, was surprised at at his burst Um, you know powerful strides um, and I had uh, the privilege of being roommates with, I, I would say, probably the best punt returner that Jacks have had in Paul Oninson. Now, Paul was much smaller in frame than Yankee, but he caught every single ball. 
So it's always interesting to me to see the guys that let the ball drop and then turn something into, into nothing really. So that was exciting. And obviously it's a big boost and something I want to touch on. Um, you know, special teams can't be looked at as an ancillary aspect of football. And so when you're putting your weapons on the field, it's really easy to second guess. Maybe you got your best players, your all Americans returning kicks um, on KOR. Mm -hmm. But as you can see how pivotal that is to the sway of the game, um, not only flipping field position, but look at what happened in Minnesota. Um, if Cade's touchdown stands, you know, that's a whole different complexion of the ball game. And uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts? I know there's a lot of people I was tweeting out that like, philosophically i want my weapons on the field at all times even though we're up 18 it's the the start of the second half um yeah uh you know i i have a two-hour drive from brookings and so i went back and forth in my mind all night last night on that drive uh because in in the in the preview about special teams this year for for the blog i i wrote you know kate is such a natural returner like he just he's not the fastest guy on the team but he has that ability to find these seams and this vision that, that no one else does. And so I'm for him returning kicks in certain moments, but I don't know if last night was the best time to be having back there. Um, and that's kind of where I settled right now. Like I, I still want him back there in certain games, uh, you know, I, I playoffs, certainly uh, key moments, definitely. But, man, I just don't know if, like, a, a non-conference up 18 against a team that we're going to beat anyways is the best use of him. So I'm going to disagree with you a bit, Kyle, on that. So, Hey, fair enough. It's just a difference in philosophy. I will say this, though. There are no guarantees in football. The only two guarantees in life are death and taxes. <laughs> uh, and that it's going to be cold in Brookings in winter. That's probably another one. But, you know, I like what we did on special teams as a whole. Vinny knocking uh, down all his PATs, getting the field goal. It's nice to see him on the field. Um, punting, I would, uh, you know, he's a young guy back there. He got some, some bombs off again. I think he averaged somewhere in the 45 to 47 range, actually 42, um, long of 51. Mm -hmm. But, you know, really, really nice work again, one inside the 20. So in those two phases, we were looking excellent. What were your thoughts, Matt? I know uh, it was a little bit different feel on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, so so as we alluded to last week, right, uh, Long Island University, the one area they were actually fairly strong, fairly deep in was their defensive line. That was the position at group that they returned the most players. They brought in some transfers that had played legitimate ball before, and they – they had some decent size. They weren't your typical non-conference, super, super undersized. They were smaller, but they weren't, they weren't, they weren't that much smaller. Right. Uh, and so I really was like expecting like a, you know, a fight like in the trenches. Um, but with that said, I was still a little bit disappointed uh, overall with the play of the offensive line. And I think they'd tell you the same thing to be truthful. Um, you know, I know it was a really quick little group uh, for Long Island University. Uh, I've heard from a few people that uh, it was one of the more physical offensive lines or defensive lines they played as well. Um, but with that being said, we know what this offensive line group can do. They did it against a, a Big Ten school last week. Uh, there's no reason that they, they can't do that week in and week out. So I think, I think the disappointment is because – 
the bar has been raised at what the expectations are for that group going forward. Certainly. You touched on a lot of good points that I think need to be kind of underscored. That that was a physical group. I mean, the D-line for LIU looked like they'd definitely seen a weight room mm-hmm. too. So so we'll start there. And then you got a chip on your shoulder, making the jump from D2, trying to establish yourself against the third-ranked team in the nation. It's got kind of conditions that are favorable to you if you're going to have some favorable conditions where it's a little wet, a little damp. Um, the sun's not shining like you would expect this time of year. But that being said, I don't know. I don't get to be around the offensive line and kind of get a feel for what their mentality is or maturity level is. But playing against the Gophers, it seemed to be like they uh, they definitely raised their level of play. I know we had a lot of different weapons out there on the field. A broader package was in because we had someone who was taking more reps with the ones throughout camp and he kind of established himself in Jabori. But when you're playing D2 or, or, or a rising FCS team, you got to put the pedal down to the floor and you got to push it through the floor. And I would have liked to have seen them establish the line of scrimmage a little bit more. They didn't get a lot of a push that I wanted them to get, but you know, we can take another step um, the next week. I think the complexion of the game changed a little bit too. When, we fumbled in the red zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to beat Cannon up too much for trying to get extra yards, but he was kind of, it looked like he was still had his hands on the meat of the ball. Like he was, you know, am I going to pitch it or not? But when you're running it right up the middle like that, just tuck it five points of pressure on the ball um, and get what you can. Uh, he did a really nice job running uh, with his legs. Um, a lot of option looks and things like that. For on some of his completions, you know, he had good anticipation on some of the timing throws, a couple to Adam Anderson. But uh, overall, he looked a little bit uncomfortable with his feet in the pocket. Um, they were off balance. The ball kind of looked like sometimes it fluttered out of his hands. But I, I'm firm uh, in my belief and confidence that when he starts to take more of these ones reps, um, you know, you when you're in practice and you're in install, you're you're in your number two you're, you're really only getting probably two to one sometimes maybe even three to one reps with with the first stringers if any um so you know that needs to be taken into consideration when you're evaluating this play and everything at the quarterback position with receivers is timing mm-hmm. so i mean like talk about your thoughts on that yeah so you know i the one pass that really stands out to me um was I think Adam was running a slant and the ball sailed over his feet, um, right. you know, quite a bit. I haven't gone back and watched the replay. So again, I'd like to see what he was doing with his feet, you know, with the pressure. I just don't remember the play that clearly besides the ball was pretty high. Um, and I'm with you. Like I haven't attended practice in the past uh, and, and you experienced as a player. Uh, you're exactly right on that ratio of what a, of what a backup quarterback gets during the install. And, you know, Cannon uh, last year was the number two, uh, but pre- prior years, you know, he'd been number three, number four. So, so really like those, those reps, uh, you know, with the, with the ones have been so limited for his career. So he's still, even though he's been in the program for four years, he's still figuring it out. Uh, and, and I think, you know, again, he didn't, the, the fumble, like you just talked about the fumble, you know, if the game if the game game ends up forty five to three instead of thirty eight to three, that that for some reason, even though it's only seven points, it just feels different. You know that that fumble at the goal line stinks because it 
you know, saps momentum that you have. But he finished six for eight, 108 yards, a touchdown. Uh, and really, like, he didn't – other than that, he didn't make any terrible mistakes. It, you know, the one throw was high. But, man, I, I think people are being a little harsh on, on what on what they saw um, or on his, no on his performance. Um, no doubt. Yeah. So, you know, I – for these games, like he's just fine. Uh, you know, Jabori is going to come back and we'll be all right. Keaton Heidi got some valuable reps, you know, shout out to that. A true Agreed. freshman playing there uh, from yeah. Wazetta. So that's kind of cool. Um, the two passes he threw, he looked pretty dang good. So that's, that's encouraging. Um, I was a little bit disappointed. Matt Connors didn't get a little more run. Same here. Uh, Cause you know, he, he was supposedly competing with Cannon for the number two spot. And potentially in the spring, he was right in the running to be the starter as well uh, with Jabore and Kurt Walding. Um, and so and so for him to not get any reps until the last series and only be in there to hand the ball off uh, was just a little disappointing. I would have liked to see him sooner. Yeah. And, you know, it may have been a feel thing. A lot of a lot of times when you're looking at emptying the bench or getting deep into your roster, it's, you know, flip a coin because they're both maybe neck and neck. I do like what I saw out of Keaton. You know, he, he seemed fairly poised and ready to go. Definitely the tempo and the speed of the game um, is an area where he could take the next step. He kind of had a hitch when he was catching the snaps that I didn't see out of Connors. Granted, uh, they had both appeared at very different phases in the game. Um, it's great to see guys get reps. You know, we got to look at the silver lining of this too. Yeah, I love that the expectation is so high because the Jacks have been so successful over the years now uh, in over the past decade. So people are like, well, our number two quarterback isn't slinging it all over the field. We don't have a hundred <laughs> points up. Hey, Karen Christian spoiled us. All right. Absolutely. Spoiled us. Okay. Zach Zenner spoiled us. So we got to understand that. Yeah. The expectation is high, but you got to give these guys a little bit of time to develop. That was Cannon's first significant action really with the game. Uh, not, not being decided. Right. So um, if our defense plays like that, let's be be candid here. I think we're going to be all right. Um, yes. Especially against uh, the upcoming opponent that we got. Yeah. A couple other guys I want to shout out uh, here. Devin Blakely, another true freshman. He looks uh, smooth. Oofta. You know, he was the one that was committed to Bowling Green. And uh, my goodness, some, he looks smooth. Right. And something happened. He ended up uh, decommitting and ended up here at SDSU and wow, like, uh, man, I, how blessed have we been just with this, this run of running backs that we've had that it just in the Chicago oh. pipeline, man, we've installed that. Whoever put yeah. that down. I remember coach Moore used to recruit Illinois a little bit, but yeah. whoever's picked up, picked that up since his departure, just like kudos, man. Our, our recruiting is really, I mean, there were yeah. some studs there too on, on Saturday yesterday that, oh, that yeah. I, I noticed via Twitter and, uh, Good looking athletes, man. Yeah, they can take care of what they need to in the classroom and, and in the community. That'll be awesome, absolutely. Yeah, and it's uh, shout out to Coach uh, Sleichner and Coach Jackson for Illinois, um, the Illinois and awesome. the Chicago area. And then I think Christian Smith gets into the rural Illinois area, he's eastern, mm -hmm. eastern Iowa, rural Illinois. So, yeah, shout out to those guys for just really making Illinois and Chicago uh, a, a hotbed for us. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, a good follow for recruiting is uh, Coach Big Pete, and he's in the Illinois area. 
And uh, he said the Jacks were the top out-of-state program uh, at the FCS level to come into Illinois last year for our class. So that's pretty cool. No longer just coming to take part, trying to take over. Yeah. Like mentality. Yeah. Second guy. Uh, it, <laughs> it was the easiest catch he's probably ever going to have. <laughs> but, but Blake Coons uh, just, again, showed what kind of weapon he can be for our offense. Uh, you know, he, he double caught it, which is scary. Yep. Uh, but too much time to think about it. Right. Was in the air. He was so wide open. Right. It was good to get him involved in the offense, though. I don't think he had a catch at the U. Uh, so just to get him some run, get him a touchdown. Like I was really happy with that. So, yeah, you know, uh, I, I do want kid that I coached. I just I love his personality, love his effort, man. He was setting the tone again. Um, on special teams, and then also doing a really nice job uh, in his work that he got on D. It's Preston Tetzlaff. Mm -hmm. He had three tackles on the night, which was nice. Laid the wood. I do want to mention Don Gardner. I saw him bring the hit stick a couple times as well. Just I really like the confidence they're playing with in terms of um, flying to the ball as a whole team defensive unit. Um, And it it showed no drop-off from the Gophers to this week, which is testament to preparation. And it only needs to to stay at that level or improve as we go throughout the season. Also, great to see Crockett on the field. Yeah, floor. yep. He looked he looked more comfortable this week out there. That's so. good. No, we're we're going to need him to get real comfortable as the season goes. Yes. On. Uh, so the you know speaking of the defense, just one last time. Like, wow. You know, through through two games now, they've given up. You know, you can say seventeen points. Uh, you know, really, yeah. it's 24, but seven, se- 17. So it's just like, and they, they are dialed in. Like when I was standing on that corner, uh, that's where I was. I was by the defensive benches and, and they were coming off and they were, you know, high five and they were, you know, feeling good. But then the coaches started talking and every single one of those players, even if they hadn't been on the field yet, was play, paying attention. And they were, they were, you know, really taking the coaching. Um, and listening, like it just was really impressive to me. Uh, you know, a lot of times there's, there's some joking and stuff going on. Uh, but when the coaches were in front of them, like they want to be a great defense. And that was pretty evident watching them last night. Yeah. And reps are so limited, man. I, I looking back on my career, I, you know, playing in special teams and getting the situational reps I did as a starter and then both as a role player throughout my career, you have no time to waste reps. If you boil down the amount of time, take 12 a year. I think I did the math on it. It boils down to something like one full week of ball that you actually play. And that doesn't even, that doesn't even include your actual reps that you're taking. So why would you waste? A moment out there man don't waste it because it's going to be gone and then you're going to have you're going to have the what ifs you know mm-hmm. so that's phenomenal to see it's trickling down that, that probably starts with you know the defensive coaching staff but then carried through with by uh william wallace and, and the rest of the <laughs> the rest of the warriors out there yeah what are we supposed to call Manchigaya? what's <laughs> the barracuda the, the barracuda and it's yeah. confirmed that's actually he calls himself that every now and again when he's feeling himself so you know We'll roll with it. <laughs> yeah. And he's done a really nice job. I should have talked about him um, last week when he, he made, he really kind of baited Tanner Morgan. So that yep. was a nice, clean little pick. He did a really nice job again. Um, shoot. I don't know that they really saw that much work. I think we had one defensive pass interference that I would like to have seen uh, a look, turn out a little bit differently, but 
overall just a solid effort. Yeah, what did you think of that? Like the the defensive pass interference when did they show the replays on TV? Yeah, I mean it, it probably it should have been called. It was a good call. Okay. Okay. Um, but other than that, I think he just needed to trust himself a little bit more. Sure. Um, but it'll come. We got you know we're young back there, which is good. And yep. I I thought uh, the Barracuda was a senior, so it's it's nice to know he'll be in blue and yellow for yeah. a little while longer. So. Yeah, our top three are both juniors, so that's kind of nice. All right, we need to move on to the Drake Bulldogs. Uh, and Drake is in the Pioneer League, so they're non-scholarship FCS. And uh, they are struggling this season. Uh, they've lost two games, scored a total of 14 points. And la- yesterday, they lost to Truman State, which is a Division II program. Uh, we've played Drake twice recently, 2017 and 2016. Uh, each time we won. Uh, 2017 was the, I think the crazy Dallas Goddard catch, right? Yeah. Uh, we won 51 to 10 and then 2016, we won 56 to 28. And that's that year we had a super young defense, uh, when we almost beat TCU. Um, so inexperienced defense that year, uh, but 51, 10, 56, 28, uh, Drake's own two on the year, bad loss on Saturday. Um, what are your, what are your preliminary thoughts on Drake, Kyle? Yeah, I mean, you know, historically they've been able to do some nice things with, you know, the fact that they're a non-scholarship program out there in Des Moines, Iowa. I think they're, they're they struggle to probably recruit, um, given that limitation, uh, but also given the the surrounding schools within the area. We we have pipelines all throughout Iowa, um, and then obviously you got Iowa and Iowa State there as well. People probably opt to go to community college at uh, Iowa Western and things of that nature if they're trying to get a little bit better look. I know that they do have a first-year head coach who lost his home opener, so there's some growing pains they're going to go through as he tries to install his culture and things of that nature. I know they last year they actually picked up the schedule filler yeah. that Iowa State had when they canceled our game, and uh, Drake gave him a scare. So, yeah. Different, different Drake squad that, that's going to suit up against the Jacks at the Dana this upcoming Saturday. I know they're only averaged seven points a game in their first two games. They've allowed their opponents to score uh, 57. So that's, you know, and they played North Dakota, who got walloped by North Dakota State, too. So, mm-hmm. I mean, North Dakota's probably a pretty, I, want, I mean, I don't know, middle of the road, we'll call them FCS, um, but they have some talent. Um, they're giving up a lot of yards on the ground. So that would bode well for the Jacks, given that I think that that's predominantly our strength as Mm -hmm. a whole. Um, You know, as far as uh, the passing yardage, they've given up a lot of passing yards too. I just, what I want for the Jacks to do this week, top to bottom is, is leave no doubt and leave no doubt that you're the number three or top five team. The defense should lead from the front because that's, what's going to win championships and then just run through the Bulldogs like paper mache. Yep. Yep. Uh, You know, and, and Drake, you mentioned their success last year. They were a good squad last year, uh, but they graduated a ton, you know, just my initial research on them. uh, They, they don't, they're, you're, they're young. They graduated a ton and they don't have many fifth year seniors. They don't have many regular seniors uh, on the roster. Uh, This is a, this is more of a typical, um, non-scholarship program that we'd normally see uh they're small on the lines uh and, and just undersized on the lines i guess uh 
uh, undersized probably at the skill position, you know, a little, quite a few more guys under six foot, uh, that kind of stuff. So, so we'll see. Um, they, their, their quarterback that's taken all the reps is a true freshman. And, and so that's rough. Uh, <laughs> just a lot of things working against them right now. Uh, but again, as we saw with Dayton taking on Indiana state, we, we can't take anything for granted in this, in these type of matchups. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think, I didn't know if that was a hoop score I was seeing with Indiana state Dayton or what, but you know, you never, never let up, you know, never take a team for granted. Like you're saying, I think that we really need to establish uh, ourselves early, uh, take control of the game, be assertive uh, in terms of our offensive line. You know, we need to dictate the line of scrimmage. Something I thought that, we definitely can show some improvement on from last week, like we talked about. Um, and I want to see, you know, matchups are everything too. So we can't overlook the fact that, you know, just because they had two lackluster performances where they really underachieved, um, we can't, we can't assume or, or go to sleep on them because mm-hmm. um, then we'll get caught. So yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. And I, I look forward to, uh, to the matchup and seeing some more. Ball. Yeah, definitely. And uh, for those of you, uh, fans who who uh, maybe don't appreciate the colder weather and rain. Uh, Saturday looks, as of now, high of 75, uh, 40% chance of afternoon thunderstorms. Uh, so, you know what? If it 40%, so they're saying 60%, it's not going to rain. Uh, so it should be a great day. Uh, some early morning tailgating. Uh, so I'm sure a lot of folks are going to be having uh, – you know, eggs and pancakes off their griddle at their, uh, at their tailgating spot or things like that. So that's going to be fun. Uh, but it should be a good, a good day. And really yesterday was a nice day too, up until it started raining there in the first quarter. And then uh, the fourth quarter when it got going a little heavier. No doubt. And shout out to the student section. Uh, the people that did show up, they, they looked rowdy from, from all the content I was seeing on, on uh, social media and whatnot. They look like they're really into the game. I love our band. I love the engagement that Coach Stig has really worked hard to try to integrate into celebrating them. Mm-hmm. When I was there early on, you know, there was a little bit of different feel. I think the, the band took up a lot of the home side. They would leave at a certain point in the game. But really, kudos to the uh, the faculty there and just, uh, just understanding that it's a team effort top to bottom. Um, and I hope that over time, uh, some more of the fans within the community realize, like, the people of the prairie, like, it, there's not a lot else going mm-hmm. on in the fall this time of year. I know when hunting comes around, that may be a little bit of a difference. Harvest. Man, Har- harvest. Harvest and hunting. Hey, I hear you, man. But harvest hunting and the rabbits hunting in between the stripes, you know, that's fun, too. Absolutely. So let's get out there, support the, the kids that bust their tails, um, do a lot in that community out there. I know Stig is very active in uh, – in trying to help, you know, do some things within the community, social engagement, try to help, you know, do harvest table. I think it was that we, we served at and some other initiatives that they got going there, but just honor them if you can for three hours of of the week and it'll pay off. There's only seven of them a year. This time we have seven, normally it's six. Mm -hmm. So get out, get rowdy, maybe have a few beverages and um, let's uh, raise the W. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, before we sign off, uh, just want to say thank you to everyone that came up at tailgating or at the game and told me that how much they were enjoying the podcast. Uh, even the B squad, uh, they, everyone, everyone was just so positive and supportive with it. 
And so really like uh, from all of us, thank you for, for listening and uh, taking the time out to, to share our passion uh, for Jackrabbit athletics and Jackrabbit football. You know, we have some exciting things and coming, coming your way, uh, some exciting announcements that uh, we can't wait to share, but we're, we're just finalizing a couple of things. So uh, thank you. Thank you. And uh, let us know if there's any questions you have uh, message me and uh, we'll try to take some questions maybe going forward. We have the bye week coming up. So uh, in, in two weeks, we have the bye week So we could do some questions then. Sounds like a plan to me, man. And hey, thanks for all your hard work and effort. I know you got a, a full house there at home and all the extra time you put in and the devotion. It really shows on the blog and all the coverage that, that uh, you work so hard to get out there to the fans. And this has been a blast, guys. I, I appreciate it. It's something that you know, we're, I'm passionate about the game of football in general, but really uh, the blue and yellow did a lot to kind of help me uh, get back on, on course in my life. Um, and, and when I'm asking you guys to get out and support the Jacks, that's a reason why. Um, your little bit of support goes a really long way for these young adults that are trying to find their way sometimes. So, um, yeah, just thank you. And thanks for the opportunity, Matt, to do this. And Ben and Brendan, the B squad, getting after it too. It's been fun to listen. Awesome. Go Jacks. Run rabbits.